Hey, and welcome to another episode of Devin's Bluegrass and American Roots Show, where, as always, guys, we are going to focus on bluegrass and American Roots musicians. Now, by the end of the show, I'm hoping that you guys will have as much passion for this type of music as I do. And I'm really excited about this episode, guys, because I've got Sideline Bluegrass for you. I recently sat down with their guitar player, Skip Cherry Holmes, for an interview, but that's later in the show. Let's start off with a track from Allison Krauss and the Union Station, featuring Dan Tominsky on this track. This one's called Dust Bowl Children. Strict minds, one crop farming, drain the green earth dry. We lost it all, only love was left, and that was one thing money can't buy. We're all dust bowl children. along with Ronnie Bauman at the Egg Performing Arts Center in Albany, New York in 2016. If you're listening, Dan, I would love to interview you sometime. I'm going to play one more track for you guys and then take a quick break. Here's Cedar Hill with How Deep Is The Lonesome. (laughs) 
is the pain? How long is forever? How strong is the rain? How cold is the shoulder that I used to cry on? How deep is the lonesome? Now that you're gone, when gone is forever, the lonely runs deep. Like a thief in the night Your memory steals my sleep Over and over I hear you closing the door And there's a hole in my heart Right down to the core How deep is the lonesome? How wide is the pain? How long is forever? strong is the rain How cold is the shoulder That I used to cry on How deep is the lonesome Now that you're gone Surround me, love's nowhere in sight, and I'm lost in this tunnel and can't see the light. Letting go is not easy, you're so hard to forget, and I need to stop digging. And I'm not over you yet. How deep is the lonesome? How wide is the pain? How long is forever? And how strong is the rain? How cold is the shoulder that I used to cry on? How deep is the lonesome? Now that you're gone. Cherry Homes of Sideline and some more toe-tapping bluegrass and American Roots music. Hey guys, welcome back. Let's jump right into the interview I had recently with Skip Cherry Homes of Sideline. So Skip, when did Sideline Bluegrass form and what are your earliest memories of performing as a band? So towards the end of 2011, beginning of 2012 would have been when the guys that were in the original Sideline band 
would have started putting together uh, the idea of just a handful of shows. See, that's what Sideline was when it started. It was just uh, the side thing that all the guys did when they weren't on tour with their full-time groups. And when it started, I'm you know I'm talking one or two shows uh, for for the year, and then maybe 2012 we might have done what six or seven, but it was all worked around uh, everybody else's schedules. There wasn't really anything full time or or aggressive about it. Everybody just kind of showed up to the shows uh, separately. We got up on stage and jammed. It was a lot of fun, and then we'd all part ways. Um, I would say that the band didn't actually form as a uh, band entity until around 2013, and that would have been when everybody started to realize that, uh, okay, yeah, we're still in these other bands, but this starts to show a little bit of promise, so let's see if we can do something with that. And I believe that uh, in 2013, that would have been around the time that uh, Steve left third time out when Jason was looking at leaving Mountain Heart and uh, that's when everything started to, to, to become just a little bit more serious. I remember us putting together these shows at you know just random little uh, picking barns and little uh, small concert venues, uh, private parties, different things like that. And uh, when we got our first festival ever and our name was actually going to be on a flyer, uh, that was a really exciting turning point for us because we, we'd only just done a, a handful of things up to that point. Uh, but we, we just we had so much fun just playing whatever it was we were doing, uh, knowing that it was there purely for the fun of it, there purely for the enjoyment of playing together uh, with guys that we didn't normally play together with. But it was all based around the enjoyment of the guys and the music. Who are your musical influences? My musical influences have been all over the place, even from a very young age. I remember growing up listening to a lot of Irish music, listening to a lot of the Beatles, listening to a lot of oldies music, and a little bit of uh, uh, 70s and 80s rock Um when my family started getting involved in bluegrass, everything kind of changed to bluegrass for a while. Living in Southern California, we didn't have access to a whole lot of recorded music when it came to bluegrass, but we got our hands on what we could, and we listened to it incessantly, trying to absorb it. And then as uh, we all got older, and I got older, started branching back out, uh, got re-in-touch with some of the music I knew I'd heard before, discovered new music, music that was uh, new to me, even though it was not new to the, the generation, but I absorbed a lot of the energy from it and continued to listen out there for anything that sounds unique. Uh, I know I love big band and classic uh, swing and jazz, and I love a lot of your real aggressive rock sound. Uh, I love Sting and Bruce Hornsby, and, and uh, it just it goes all over the place with me musically because I feel like there are always areas where you can pull ideas and pull energy from to uh, apply to what it is that you do as a musician or a singer or an entertainer. Have members performed in other bands? When Sideline first formed as a band, everybody w was in a different band at the time. Steve Dilling was in uh, Third Time Out. Jason Moore was performing with Mountain Heart. 
Uh, Daryl Webb had his group, the Daryl Webb Band. Uh, Justin Haynes was also in third timeout. I'm speaking towards the original members of the band. I had been playing with my family, uh, Cherry Holmes, up until the middle of 2011. And then I started doing some shows with... uh, my brother, we did a handful of shows together. I did some shows with uh, Sally and Tinsel Sanker, their group, uh, Next Best Thing. They they toured for a little while, and I was playing with them. I played with Lou Reed in Carolina for a while. Uh, everybody had their own group. And even these other band members that have come since the original group, everybody has either come from a musical history from another group or after leaving sideline has gone on to play with another group and kind of kind of a uh, a graduation type thing moving for some of the the younger guys moving forward into uh, the musical world and sideline being kind of the launch pad for that what recognition has your band received Sideline has not received an immense amount of recognition for different things when it comes to awards or anything like that. But we did, back in uh, 2019, we received the International Bluegrass Music Association Award for Song of the Year with our song Thunder Dan that came out on our front and center project off of Mountain Home uh, Recording Group label. And... uh, it was a great honor for us to receive that. We weren't actually able to attend the ceremony because we were out playing a show, but we had a lot of people uh, that were able to uh, accept for us and re- uh, celebrate for us. And then when we got back into town, we had some celebration ourselves. It was uh, it was quite awesome to receive that kind of notoriety and uh, have everybody be really behind it. Where did the inspiration for your album Front and Center come from? The inspiration for the album Front and Center came from, uh, quite honestly, a couple of years of going through material, uh, playing a lot of shows, going through a lot of uh, changes and different things. The album we had put out prior to that was the Colors and Crossroads album. And that album did really well for us. There were some really good songs on it. But as with any recording, any band is always looking to take it to the next level uh, and kind of kick it up a notch. And we had spent a couple of years putting this material together, sifting through hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of songs, applying the the best tactic for, you know, the best lead singer and the instrumentation. And... uh, the, it it just it really gave us some time to make sure that before we went into the studio to put out a new project that we could really nail it with what it was that we had gathered. Where did the inspiration for the single Thunder Dan come from? Now Thunder Dan, when when the song Thunder Dan was put on our plate off of a demo that we received, uh, it it was one of those that really just kind of stuck out. It was like okay, that's a sideline song right there. By that point, we'd really established where we wanted to head with our music, and that song just screamed uh, sideline with everything we heard. So applying our own uh, technique to it, our own arrangement to it, and kind of coming into it with that nasty edge right out of the gate, just uh, 
catching everybody's uh, attention, that mandolin intro where it does the upstroke and then continues to strum, there you can't hear that anywhere and not know that that's the song that will follow. It's it's such a recognizable, uh, dare I say, iconic intro to uh, what became such a great song for us. And we were really, really excited when we had the chance to uh, to put out a music video on it and get it out there. That was the first single. It was almost like, okay, uh, there's no question about what our first single is going to be. It's going to be Thunder Dan. We really are so excited to get this one out for the people. And now when we play it everywhere we go, uh, there's always people out there singing along. Sometimes everybody out in the crowd will be singing along and we'll do like a repeated chorus at the end and just get everybody kind of singing and, and ramp it up that way. And it's, it's, uh, it's done really well for us. It's been a really great tune and it's a lot of fun to play. How would you introduce your favorite track off the album? How would I introduce one of my favorite tunes off of the album? Wow. That is a interesting question. Um, I know one of my favorite songs that we recorded on the front and center project was the Gordon Lightfoot song song for a winter's night. And I say that not because I'm, I'm the one who sang it or performed it, but I've always been a Gordon Lightfoot fan. I've always really enjoyed Tony Rice, but that song specifically has always stuck out to me. I remember hearing it when I was really, really little and I always really loved it. Whenever we decided to put it together for the band and for the project, uh, I was really excited to be the one that got to sing it. It really speaks to me lyrically. The music is beautiful. And it's one of those songs that a lot of people recognize when you kick it off as well. of our room and I hear your voice softly calling If I could only have you near to breathe a sigh or two I would be happy just to hold the hands I love on this winter night with you Rising in the shadows overhead My glass is almost empty I read again between the lines upon the page The words of love you sent me If I could know within 
for the album breaks to the edge come from so like i said with the inspiration for the album front and center uh, it also applies to our album breaks to the edge it was always about trying to kick it up a notch at this point we'd won song of the year so which obviously speaks directly to recordings and song release and song choice uh, and we wanted to make sure that the breaks to the edge album took it that much further and we really wanted to take our our recording process from a different angle with front and center things were a little bit I'm not going to say green because we have all been in the studio quite a bit but it was a new level of pressure or a new level of uh, professionalism we were dealing with and we were really excited to uh, get in and play. But now that we were comfortable, we had many meetings with the record label and uh, the the studio and everybody. They're saying, okay, what you recorded on Front and Center was really great. But one of the things that everyone loves about you is the energy that your live show has. So the whole message and the whole uh, push behind Breaks to the Edge was to get in and capture as much of that energy as possible. And it could be one of those things that I can listen to and notice the difference as opposed to somebody else. But I do notice the difference. When I A-B the albums, I listen to one and I listen to the other. I can hear the difference in the energy level. I can hear the difference in the tightness of the music and the tightness of the rhythm. And that was really the the whole point behind it, was pushing everything right to the edge of music and of energy and everything else. It was, it was just a... Uh, uh, 
an active mindset when we went into the studio. Where did the inspiration for your song, Your Selfish Heart, come from? Your Selfish Heart was actually a song, you know, that it's an old Stanley Brothers tune, but the version that we based our version off of was from a recording of Southern Connection, which was a group Russell Moore was a part of back in 1984. And it had that high lead push, which we always love in Sideline. We like having the high lead and the the harmony stacked underneath it. Uh, but instead of it being three-quarter time, like the original Stanley Brothers version, it was four-four time, and it added uh, a, a few extra chords to kind of give it some texture. And we really enjoyed that version and thought that we could give it some drive and some kick, and it held a really strong place both in our live show and in the uh, the album itself. So uh, that was a good one to record. Why did your band decide to record a cover song of I'll Live Again? I'll Live Again has always been a really awesome gospel song to listen to, has a great message. Uh, one of the cool things about I'll Live Again was... We, we went into the studio to start recording it, and our label manager, Mickey Gamble, heard us tracking it, and he was like, where did you all get that song? And Steve and him talked for a few minutes, and he was like, well, do you realize that the Kingsman actually originally recorded that song here in this very studio some 30-odd years ago? And uh, we did not realize that. So he made a few phone calls and got their original bass singer, Radine Reese, to come in and sing a bass vocal on a secondary track to the song. So there are two versions out there. There are the original bluegrass version where I actually sing bass. And then there's the version with Radine Reese, who was the bass singer for the Kingsman. And... It's got more of a southern gospel flavor. It's got the uh, the piano and the drums and uh, just a little bit more of that southern gospel taste, but it still has the banjo and the fiddle and all of that, so it has, uh, it, it has that bluegrass presence as well. But I just thought it was really cool to have a song that was originally recorded in the same studio and then fast forward several years later and it's being done again by another group, and we were able to pull some of those original elements into it. Where did the inspiration for your song Square Dance Town come from? Now, I love the song Square Dance Town. Square Dance Town was one of those, again, when we heard it, we were like, you know, we could really do something special with this. And I think the demo was just, it was more or less straightforward when it came to, uh, you know, a verse and a chorus and a verse and a chorus. So the instrumentation was kind of, left up to us and the goal behind a song like that is to just give everybody that feel that they could at any moment just get up and dance and have a good time and quite honestly we invite them to it's it's a it's something that I feel is a a great part of the song is if people can feel like they can get up and and uh, do a little soft shoe to it Uh, but it's a fun song to to play and I know that little spot right there in the middle where the banjo and the fiddle play uh, Old Joe Clark, which is a recognizable little piece right before it goes into the hook of the song. Uh, I, I always enjoy that little part because it, it gives it some personality and some texture. 
How would you introduce one of your favorite tracks off the record? How would I introduce one of my favorite songs from the album Breaks to the Edge? One of my favorite songs on the Breaks to the Edge album is a song called Dig in My Own Grave. I love the song. This the the lyric is simple. It's about a a man, it's about a boy really who uh, his father uh, gave his life for the coal mines, and he always said that he would never follow suit and die down in the coal mines. But then because his father died when he was at such a young age, he kind of had to step up and go into it because that's all he really knew, and then that's what ended up taking him anyway. But it's not really... I mean, it's 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 a well-written song. It's a great song. It's very aggressive and impactful, but it's just as much about the music as it is the lyrics. There are There's a lot of music going on. I know when we recorded this song, we were really experimenting with some of the back and forth between instruments. Uh, now that we play it on stage, there's even more activity going on. There's a lot of uh, call and answer uh, it's very subtle, but it's there. Uh, you know, one person does a lick and another person does a lick right behind it to kind of cushion it and push it out there. Uh, it's it's driving, it's fast, sometimes a little too fast, but it's so much fun to play. And uh, that's why I love the song Digging My Own Grave. Sunday dinner time. He coughed and cussed. 
Where did the inspiration for your new single, Fast As I Can Crawl, come from? Fast As I Can Crawl was also one of those songs that when we heard it originally on the demo, it just kind of popped out there as, oh, that's a sideline song. Uh, hands down, it's definitely got that sideline feel. It's got that groove to it, that little bit of swing. It lent itself for uh, really powerful harmonies. I know that one is one where the uh, the lead is actually in the middle, so there's a really high tenor. Um, Jacob Greer does an amazing job on the tenor, and that's one of those. It just feels good when you play it. There's not a whole lot of overthinking in the instrumentation or the arrangement. Everybody's got their solo spot. Everybody's got their fills to play, but it's more about how it feels and how it bounces along to make it the song that it is. And I remember really, uh, really enjoying, I think we kicked the whole studio session for the latest project off with that song because it felt so good. And because it was one that we knew would really put our best foot forward going into the session itself. Is there an upcoming sideline album? Right now, our focus when it comes to recording is getting you know little batches of songs, going into the studio, taking as much time as we can with them to make them exactly the way we want them to be. And then when we feel like we've got all of the material that it takes to put out a project, then we will put a full album out. Typically, an album uh, is going to have between 12 and 14 songs on it. We could record... 18 to 20 songs before we settle on a solid 12 that we know will work for a good album. Uh, but it's it looks a little bit different these days with the way that things are about streaming and people aren't purchasing as many of your CDs and albums as they used to. So when when you have people who can access your music and pinpoint a specific song at any given time or your song might work its way into a playlist or a uh, online radio uh, like Pandora something like that you can't really think about it in terms of okay i'm going to record these 12 songs because as an album these 12 songs really work well together you have to think about it as I'm going to record lots and lots of great songs that are great by themselves or paired with other songs. And then if I'm going to put out an album after that, uh, I'm just going to look at what out of what I've recorded will pair well together to make an album. So it's a, a kind of a different approach, but it's it's keeping up with the way things are recorded and the way things are handled in the digital world that we live in. Outside of your musical career, what do you guys do for entertainment? Outside of my musical career, um, honestly, there isn't a whole lot outside of my musical career when it comes to entertainment. Um, between recording and performing and uh, trying to create new music, uh, now I lead worship at my church. I've kind of steep myself deeply in to a lot of different musical irons in the fire. And uh, I've got, you know, me personally, I've, I've got a, a wife and a son that uh, keep things rolling with me. Uh, they're so good to uh, be so supportive of my very, very busy lifestyle. 
But uh, whenever we do want to do something that's uh, a little bit fun, I know we love going down to Disney World, which has honestly uh, uh, been a little bit weird here over the last few months because uh, they've been closed down. But since they've opened up, we've taken a few trips down there, and that's kind of our our fun splurge, just like, okay, work, 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 work. All right, let's go down to Disney for a couple of days. And then we go down there and, and fool around and have a whole lot of fun. And I get to act like a little kid, which uh, is always fun. And uh, and then they have the big Star Wars thing down there, which I love Star Wars. So that's going to be uh, where I spend most of my time hanging out. Uh, and then we'll come home and I usually have a whole pile of work that I have to get to anyway. And then more sideline shows hopefully coming uh, as things start to open up. And then we'll go back down to Disney World and we'll do it all over again. So it's a lot of fun. And that's kind of a, that's that's the way that I like to spend my recreational time. What are some personal goals you wish to achieve through your music? When it comes to personal goals in music, it's a, kind of an interesting question. Um, when I traveled with my family, uh, we did a whole lot musically. Uh, so, you know, from... Up to the time I was 21, I'd already been to several countries overseas. I've been all over Europe, all over uh, Canada and Mexico and all these different places. Uh, nominated for five Grammy Awards. Uh, I had a lot of uh, really interesting performance experiences with them, being able to play everything from really big uh, stadium shows and festivals all the way back to some really classy performing arts centers and these really gorgeous theaters all over the place. Uh, so there were a lot of things that I experienced up through that point, and some of those are are things that I would love to see Sideline have the opportunity to do, and it's something we work hard at all of the time. Uh, coming into March of 2020, I think everybody's personal goal in music was to just get back out on the road again. And I'll be satisfied with that. We have a very good looking 2021 as long as things start to uh, head towards normality and maybe we can get out and, and play some good shows uh, in 2021 and on onward. But there's always that goal to take it to the next step, to, to play uh, some higher class venues. Uh, I'd love to see uh, this band go to the Opry. I know uh, my family played the Opry hundreds of times, and I'd love to take these guys there. Uh, I'd love to see some of the bigger cities and play some of those really cool venues that a lot of these other bands get to play. But honestly... We have so much fun with what we do. We love the music that we have the chance to create. We love the people we play with uh, on stage and off the stage. We all travel well together. And that's about the best goal you can achieve as a band, in my opinion. If you can have a band that just truly loves being together and loves playing the music that you play, uh, then it's not so much of a job. I mean, the, yes, it is a job. It's, there's a lot of hard work involved but you don't mind doing it because of the people you're doing it with. And uh, I feel like that goal has already been achieved here, and I and I absolutely love the environment I'm in. In this COVID-19 pandemic, how have you kept your music alive? The COVID-19 pandemic came out of absolutely nowhere and shut down everything. As everybody knows, this, this is not news, but... When it comes to 
basically taking a band that plays all year long, 130 plus shows a year in front of thousands of people and basically says, okay, you're dead in the water for quite a while. Um, it's hard to stay creative. You have to actively think about keeping yourself creative. Uh, if you shut your creative mode down for that long, it'll never start back up again. So as far as Sideline is concerned, we've spent a lot of time having rehearsals, going into the studio like I've talked about, going in and recording new music and actually taking the time to get intimate with our new music and uh, make it something really, really special because we have the time to do it. Uh, personally, I've found any excuse at all to get my instrument out or to be around music, to uh, to get involved in music. I've had the chance to work at my church musically, which keeps me going every single week. It gives me a chance to uh, to keep my uh, keep my axe grinded, so to speak, and uh, it just it's a good environment to be in. But I'm always looking for different creative ways to make music and and uh, just keep that creative muscle exercised so that when things get back to normal, we can, uh, we can go at it full force. In the meantime, we have spent a lot of time trying to keep our social media rolling, uh, constantly telling people about streaming music and making playlists, trying to get people to uh, realize the importance of keeping the music alive through the online outlets since there aren't any live performance outlets or very, very few live performance outlets happening right now. And uh, just trying to unify with our fans and create different ways to uh, make everybody feel like this is something we're all going to get through. And when we get to the other side of it, we're all going to celebrate together and there will be live music and uh, well-recorded music and all of this from from many artists, not just Sideline. But the goal is to make sure that... uh, we keep the idea of music and entertainment alive however we need to so that we can come back to it when the time is right. Do you have a website in which fans can find out more about your band? Anybody who hasn't had a chance to check out Sideline should. You can go to sidelinebg.com. That's BG for bluegrass. So sidelinebg.com. We've got our tour schedule on there. We have uh, more information about the band and some cool stuff that we do uh, throughout the year that we make sure we keep up there. Our Facebook and our Instagram, Twitter, we've got Sideline Bluegrass. Uh, Sideline BG is our Twitter handle, and you can keep up with any of our upcoming shows. We try to let people know if shows have been canceled, but sometimes it's just easier to let them know what shows are upcoming and you can kind of keep an eye on that and all of the fun stuff that we do on social media. We, we like to have fun and we like to share it with people. So you can find us on there and you can stream all of our music on Spotify and Apple Music and Google Play, Pandora, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, just search for Sideline Bluegrass and make sure you subscribe so that you are alerted anytime we release new music because We've been in the studio recording, and I know that that music will get released over time. So I want to encourage everybody to check that out. And you know what, Skip? I totally forgot to play your latest single while we were talking about it. So let's play it now as a conclusion to my show. Here's Sideline with Fast As I Can Crawl.
road to nowhere I've ridden you at least a hundred times Hoping there's a chance that you might still care And hear the plea in every tear-stained line Take me back, I've never felt so low down When I walked out, I sure was standing tall Forgive me and you'll see Special thanks goes out to Skip, Cherry, Holmes, and Sideline for being my showcase band this week. Stay tuned for another episode of Devon's Bluegrass and American Root Show. 